I love New Year's. I love Chinese New Year's. I love <laughs> Jewish New Year's. I love anyone's New Year's. And I have celebrated New Year's with all of my friends who have their own New Year's at different times because I really uh, relish the chance to, uh, to take a fresh look and to take a, make a fresh start with life. So, so today we're, we're supporting each other to do that in, in some way. And I'm going to share with you some thoughts I have around uh, the masterful skills of the truly sparkly woman, right? You are sparkly if you are connected to your soul and it is operating in your life and situations. You are sparkly, you shine. And there are certain things that we do and live in an ongoing way that keep that soul and person connection active and bright. So uh, we're going to talk about those, those masterful tools that sparkly women use. And um, I've kind of got this notion going too about um, being in our queen space. This is something my friend Erin and I were into a couple years ago when we realized we were sort of like not all the way in our power. We were sort of like, <laughs> you know. And, and we were doing a project that involved us interfacing with a couple of fellows who were uh, really like wanting to be the boss of us. <laughs> and yes, and, and they wanted to use our talents for their purposes. So they wanted us to pay them for their help. And Aaron and I walked away from that meeting and said, I don't know, wait a minute. You're not looking like a queen right now. Let's look like a queen. So, so we kind of developed this notion of being in our queen space, which means we are in our full self. We are in, on, on purpose. We know what we're here doing. We are in service to others around us. We know what our territory is. Uh, what's ours and what's not ours. We know when we have to defend something and fight for our space. All the things that a queen does, that a healthy good queen does. So um, this is something we're going to um, visit a little bit later in the day. Being in our healthy queen space. And you know this year has been such a rock and roll time for women's power, women's empowerment. And I love to think about power as a, as a thing. Like what, what is women's power? Really, I mean, we could look at it in so many different levels, but my favorite idea of our power is that you are really connected to your spiritual source, however you understand that, and you let that come into you and through you and out of you in all of your situations as much as possible. In other words, you get in the flow with being you. You get in the flow with being your most real self, your wisest self, your um, genuine self. You get in the flow of letting that just flow through you. So in, not in the way of you know power over and I am the boss and I'm going to legislate things for everybody around me, but more like in the way that a waterfall falls and is so beautiful and so powerful. And so just being itself and following the landscape and being water all out. We stand near a waterfall and go, wow, wow. And when you see a person who is really in flow with themselves, there is a sense of kind of a stream. You're in the stream. 
you're, you're in the stream of life's goodness and it is streaming to you and through you and you are on it and it's you've got that sense of flow going. So I like to think of power in that way. And the um, thoughts I'm sharing with you now in terms of these um, practices that keep us tuned up, connected, and in flow with our power are, um, are um, they really are our best friends. If, you, if we take any one of these uh, thoughts that I'm about to share from and work it this year, your life will change. You really go for it with intuition, your life will change. If you really go for it with boundaries or energy revitalization or uh, self-discipline, your whole life will change. And um, so these are just, uh, it's, it's a menu. It's like a you know, tapas dinner. Uh, topic plate. <laughs> hmm, tasty. What do I think? So, so we're starting by talking about will. We're here at, at New Year's time saying, you know, okay, I will. I will have a good year. I will. And even just saying the words, I will, is a powerful affirmation just in itself. It invokes the will. And the will is our spiritual muscle. It's what makes things happen and what calls things to us. And I, th I think it's just great that we live in a time where there's just so much um, wisdom afoot. There's so many uh, books and models and thoughts and ideas and tools that have been published in the last 40 years. We're in this amazing time of spiritual awakening. And you could go find 10 books on intention, right? On 10 books on creating your life, all of that sort of thing. But I want to... Um, share some of my, my favorite thoughts about it and I'll show you my, my three favorite books because if you feel like buffing up your will a little bit you know, might be a thing um, we have this wonderful academic extremely brilliant and well thought out exposition of what is our will what is the free will? How do, you, how do you invoke it? How do you cultivate it? How do you, you know, uh, apply it? How do you be inside a higher will? How do we line up our personal will with a universal will? It's brilliant. Dr. Asagioli's work, and this is, a, uh, is a, a work that we study in the long program that I teach. It's, but it's hard to read. It's really hard to read. He wrote it for like academics and, and his fellow psychiatrists. And, and so there's, then there's this book, which is easy to read. You are a badass. <laughs> How to stop doubting your greatness and start living an awesome life. Yes. I just have to tell you, before I came here, I just bought that book. You just bought that book. You're a badass. Hope? Hope is a badass in training. Yes. Yes. It's really great. It's really great. What I like about it is she is, she is just, just, just wacky funny. And she's like, kind of like a recovering cynic. And she said she trained in every single last uh, growth technology that there is. Like she went to every last workshop you can ever go to for years. And she sorted the, uh, what do you call it? Wheat from the chaff? Wheat from the chaff for herself. She came up with, now these are the things that are just true. And this other stuff I don't know about, you know. But anyway, she says like a hundred times, so what? Just do it. Just do it. Be a badass. Anyway, it's fun. I gave it to each of my daughters because I'm raising them to be a badass. <laughs> and they are. 
And then I just uh, came across this one recently because my daughter went off to her workshop and came home with this idea. And this is uh, Mastering Life's Energies. And it's by a psychologist. And so it's, uh, it's very smart and straightforward. It's not as hard to read as Dr. Sagioli's. But she, and she makes an interesting distinction between what she calls our, our life, our overall life intention and a goal. Like they're different. She says your overall life intention is kind of like really who you want to be and kind of an ongoing for the rest of your life kind of person. And your goal is, well, what are you trying to get done that makes that real? So um, when I met my, my teacher, Dr. Edith Stauffer, uh, I could see her walking a life intention, an overall life intention to be of service to people and to uplift people and, and inspire them to freedom through her uh, forgiveness work. I loved that and I decided I wanted to be that too when I grew up. So that was my overall life intention. And then within that you have a goal like, well, I want to I wanna teach something, I want to write a book, I want to uh, move to a different place, I want to, you know, there's certain specific things that are, are your goals. But anyway, I'm just new into this. I, I don't know. I haven't really like rocked it yet with applying these things, but I just think it's great that we're in a time where we're thinking so consciously about how to be here, how to be in our life. So, so those are my three um, favorite books on the topic of will. The best thing um, I learned about will uh, from uh, my teacher was, was, it happened in daily life. I, I got to hang out with her. She was a brilliant psychologist and she traveled the world and she was just smart, smart, smart. But she was also like a, a down-home farm lady who just wanted things to be simple and practical. And there you have it. And uh, so she would just correct me when I was, when I was sloppy with my will. So she'd say, so, are you going to um, do this thing that da, 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 it had to do with starting to teach forgiveness workshops? And I'd say, yeah, yeah, I'm going to try. Do you believe me? No. Oh, yeah, I'm going to try. Is this a queen? This is not a queen. No. <laughs> she'd say, oh, no, we'll have no trying. Will you do it or not? And I'd have to kind of, hmm kind of gather myself and adjust my posture and say, uh, yes, I will. That's a strong thing to say. Yes, I will. So whenever I catch myself saying, well, I'm going to try to, I, re I remember her. And I think, uh, no, Mary, are you or are you not? Will you or will you not? Okay. The other thing was um, she would never let me say uh, in her presence things like, well, I don't know. I'm confused because... Uh, she would never let me affirm a problem. She'd say, no, if you're saying I am confused, you're saying that to yourself. You just said it to yourself again. Say, I am not yet clear about this. And then you are affirming a direction. You are affirming clarity instead of confusion. So these just are simple little tricks. And it's because she was a master. She just did these master things all the time. Little simple master tricks that if you do them, you're, you're different in your space and how you're moving through the world. Uh, the, the, re the one day that it really was clear was uh, we were 
new to each other, but we were going to teach together. And we were in another state, and we were sharing a room, and she, uh, she put her, her nylons on standing up. She was, she was 85 or something, you know. And she, she just she put her nylons on standing up instead of sitting down. And I said, that's how I put my nylons on. She said, yes, well, I do it to keep my balance. And I do it to challenge myself to, you know, not, not get too old and stiff. And um, I do this for, and I said, well, that's why I do it. That's really great, you know. And then I said, when's your birthday? And we had the same birthday. And we had all these like weird, weirdo things that, that happened around our, our same birthday. But that was the weirdest one. It's like really intrigued about how you put the nylons on. So. <laughs> will, I will put my nylons on without tipping over. <laughs> Onto the floor. So one, one last thought about Will is the truth is there's some stuff we have we can take charge of in life and there's some stuff that we are just in. We're just in it. It's a will that's, that's bigger than us. We're inside a greater will. Think of it as your soul's will. Think of it as God's will. Whatever, however you want to frame it. When you're inside a situation that you really can't change, you really can't pull the levers and make it change, you're inside a different will. And then what you have there is the opportunity to choose your attitude the opportunity to stay open, the opportunity to see it as a classroom instead of a problem. So, so it, we're always in that, that delicate balance between my will and thy will. You know, is this something I need to take charge of or is this something I need to relax and accept and have a good attitude about? This is our human dilemma. So that's uh, a question asking ourselves from time to time. Um, the next thought I have on here about the queenly habits is self-discipline and um, I, I love uh, where discipline has taken me in my life because I used to be such a uh, well I'm a recovering flake I'll, I'll say that too <laughs> I was shy and I was a flake oh wasn't pretty some years so um, you know but I I really wanted to be awesome I really wanted to like be on you know, focused and powerful and bright and smart and make things happen and accomplish things and know what I was doing and all of that. And uh, my first uh, step into that, you know, 30 years ago, was really all about starting to have some self-discipline, meaning starting to do the things every day that you know make you stronger and clearer, even though you don't feel like doing them some days. Very often you don't feel like doing them. But discipline comes from the word disciple. It means like I am dedicated. You know, I'm in school. I'm learning from the masters and I want to be a master. And so therefore, I am going to do this thing that will advance my health, that will uh, advance my career, that will advance my, or that will improve my relationship with somebody. Even though I don't feel like doing this, this is the thing. You know, so you apply um, the willingness to do that out of self-love, not out of punishment, out of your own self-love. I will do this thing that I don't feel like doing today because if I do this most days, I will like how I look better. I will like my overall tone better if I do that. So self-discipline. Intuition is our GPS system between the higher spiritual source your soul, 
great spirit, however you want to frame it, and your everyday personality. And it guides you into the ways that are easiest. And it guides you into living purposefully. Even though you don't always understand it, it, it feels right and you end up there and you end up in a pathway or in a current towards something. So we're all intuitive in different ways. You can make a whole study of this for a year. You can play around with intuition. You can go get a little tarot reading in the, in the back of the room when we have our, our break and um, play with that sort of thing. Um, and you can, um, you can find the way that you are seeing what I call God's yellow highlighter in the situation. You know, where you just, something is really lighting up for you. This is the thing. This is what I'm supposed to notice here. This is what I'm supposed to see. This is what is going to help me if I, if I go there, if I do this. So we have a whole weekend on intuition in our, our longer studies, and it's a blast. Boundaries. <laughs> Everybody? Rah! Oh, that felt good. Do you have good boundaries? Huh? <laughs> it doesn't have to be mean, but it does have to be real, you know? Your boundaries say what you will and will not have in your life. Who you will have and not have in your life. Uh, what is yours and not yours to worry about or to be concerned for or to work for. Um, if you are stressed because you've got too much going on or you are not getting to what feels like your real life most of the time or you are resentful towards another person, that's all clues, uh, symptoms that you need to set a boundary. So you might just, as I talk and through this, uh, this list, just think about what's lighting up for you with yellow highlighter, you know, because this will be something you'll just make a note to yourself about before the end of the day. It's like, you know, I think I am really going to be more aware of boundaries. Uh, I think I'm going to experiment with my intuition or whatever is calling you. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is letting go of an expectation that's causing you to suffer. Who's been in a forgiveness thing with me sometime? Lots of ya, yeah. Why, why is it that we do, we say forgiveness is for us? Any of you want to stand up and say what happened when you did? Yes, Mindy? Do I have to stand up? Sure. <laughs> I'll stand with you Rah. though. Rah. <laughs> now let's see, and the question was, why is forgiveness important? Yeah, and why is it for you? Why did you, what have you learned about it? Um, the reason it was important for me is it's that saying about pouring someone a glass of poison and then drinking it every day. Mm. I, so I forgave so that I wasn't drinking the poison. So anymore. you weren't drinking the poison. And did you feel healthier after yes. you did that? Yes. How so? Uh, well, I chose kindness, and um, I felt like I wouldn't sprout a tumor or something. I just felt like it was really toxic. In you my really body. preempted that tumor. Yes. Good job. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is toxic in our bodies. Yes. Anyone else want to say why you love forgiveness, Jacqueline? Well, stand up and shout. Okay. Um, I think the most powerful thing for me was that I was able to let. Go. I was no longer obsessing 
about the situation. Um, I was able to let go of it. You were able to think about something else? Yes. Besides that thing you were obsessing more about? Space. More, more space. More space. Yes. Nice. Good. Yes, Linda? When I learned about it is that it gave me a freedom to be my own self. Mm -hmm. I had a person in my life that, you know, any little thing this person did just drove me nuts. And I finally came to the realization that I needed to let it go. And that person has a right to be in the world. And they can be out there, but they don't have to be in my personal space. And then I also learned that that's who they are. It's not my job to fix them. It's my job, and it was, and those things showed me where I need to heal. Nice. Yes, even the most annoying person can be one of your teachers if it teaches you about forgiveness. Yeah. And God, in her infinite wisdom and mercy, always makes sure that I have a perfectly horrible next door neighbor. It's amazing. Like, this has happened not just in my house, which I've been in for 30 years, but the apartment for five years before that. I had a, like a perfectly horrible right next door to me, next door neighbor. And so I got to practice forgiveness. Got real good at it. Released my expectations of those, those neighbors. Yeah, so forgiveness uh, releases the burden. We do always feel lighter when we do it. We feel like we dropped a rock. And it brings closure to some stories that are just going on and on in our brains too long. We need to bring closure to some stories that we are disappointed about or people that we've been disappointed in or um, agreements that have been broken or any of those things. We want to clean that up and be here in the present. Which brings us to healthy anger. The reason the forgiveness uh, method that Edith taught me and that I teach others works is because it includes the anger part. You don't have to go, okay, I forgive you. No, I don't. I really don't. You don't do that. No, you, you have the anger. You, you have in step two of the eight steps, you get to say, you are an awful person to the empty chair. Not to the real person. Don't do that to the real person. <laughs> to the empty chair. You are an awful person. I hate you. You have really impacted my life. And you get to be a big negative baby for about 10 or 20 minutes, you know, because that's how it lives inside you. And you don't have to be too spiritual or too understanding or too compassionate in the earlier part of forgiveness. You can be just as mad as you are and as mean as you want to be. And then you move. On. You, there's only a certain amount of madness or meanness inside you. It's like a pot. It's about this big, I think. Yeah. You gotta empty that pot and then you move on to the steps of reconciling with this person in this story and um, tie it up with a bow and you feel better. So healthy anger is the doorway to our power, but not a house you can live in. I love that. I made that up. Don't you love that? It's like <laughs> Because it, if, you, if, you do, if you do your healthy anger and you express it in ways that make sense in terms of your situations and your, your power and, and then healing yourself um, through forgiveness, um, you, you walk through to a new space. It's like you walk through a threshold to a new space. But if you have an anger inside you that just recycles and recycles and recycles and recycles for 30 years, you're living in the house. You're living in the house of anger and it's toxic. 
and it, it could hurt us. It could make us sprout a tumor, yes. So we do it, we do it for us. Healthy anger gives us energy. Like, you know when you get mad and your adrenaline kicks on and you just kind of go, ah! you know, you wanna, you wanna just move? That's what anger is meant to do. It's meant, it's meant to help you move and set something straight. Establish uh, right action or justice or say a truth or say no to something that's wrong, really wrong for you, okay? Um, yes, it's that, it's that energy and that's why if you don't deal with it in a constructive way and it just cycles and cycles inside you, it's kind of like you're just revving your, it's like you're in a car that's trying to move forward and the tires are just spinning. Whereas if you really deal with it in, on the ground, in, in life, as you can. And if, if not, if you can't deal with because the person is your boss and you, know, you can't go yell at them the way you would like to, but you can do that to the empty chair. And you can really tell them what for and then move on to some acceptance. Can I add to that? Yeah. I like to, to say you know, This is Joanna. <laughs> um, learning how to use your emotional powers for good. Learning how to use your emotional powers for good. Mm. Love it. Yeah. Because yeah. Your, your emotions are just your body's way of telling you what you're thinking about. You know, mm -hmm. If you're thinking about something that you want in your life, then you have a good feeling. But if you're thinking about something you don't want in your life, you have a bad feeling. Mm -hmm. And if you stew on that bad feeling all the time, then that's where you get mm. into those bad things. But you have to move through it. You have to use those emotional powers to move through that and get into that good feeling again. Nice. Nice. And you do healing work, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah, so you probably see the, um, the effects of that all the time with people being stagnant or moving right. in their health. Yeah, good. Kathy? Another thing that I learned, can you hear me? <laughs> Another thing that helped me with forgiveness, it was to write it down. Like I'm writing a letter mm -hmm. and just get it all out there on that letter and then reread it and then burn it. You dirty, stupid, do 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 Yes. And then I burned it. And then you yeah. burn it. And then you burn it. Right. It's better than burning the house down. Yeah, I didn't want to burn my chair. Right. <laughs> Good. Thank you. So, forgiveness, healthy anger. And again, uh, related to our energy, vital energy management. If we're carrying resentments around, or if you're carrying like a a stagnant old burden of unprocessed anger, you feel heavy. Who knows what I'm talking about? You feel like you've got an extra, extra 50 pounds on you. And when you heal it, when you release it, you, you really feel like, whew, I shed weight. And you did. You shed energetic weight. And you're, you're actually breathing better and moving better and feeling better and circulating better. Our energy is meant to circulate. So um, part of vital energy management is being grounded, being contained in who you are emotionally, knowing who you are emotionally, being protected in your space, got your aura on, got your bubble on. You know what I'm talking about? When you have to get your bubble on around certain people or certain situations to uh, not feel drained. Um, and being open to spirit, open to intuition and guidance coming into you because you're walking in this very contained way but you're open to your higher self to influence you, impact you. Really, really helpful. We have to learn how to clear out bad old energy and how to restore our energy when we're depleted. We have to learn 
what depletes us and what restores us. And be very kind. Who said kindness recently? One of you guys did. I was thinking about that too. I thought, wow, you know, if I only just decided to uh, show kindness to myself throughout the year, what a, what a soft and glowy life that would be, you know? Every, every moment I have the chance to show myself kindness. Unconditional love. It's a law of the universe. It's a way of walking aligned with goodness and aligned with your, uh, your heart and love for everyone and everything. Your willingness to see the good in self and others and your willingness to get sudden blessings where like you're just on a day you didn't expect it, you get this something just opened up and whoo, showered you with love. Who knows what I'm talking about? Where that energy, that energy comes from the universe and just whoo, blesses you. And in that moment you feel so connected to everything and you feel so worthy of goodness. So unconditional love is an important principle and you could just walk that for a year and, and practice it in terms of people and situations and being open to that higher level of it to come to you from time to time. Susan? Yeah. Um, I think gratitude comes in here. So I don't know where I heard this the other day. Somebody said, I have a glass jar that you can see through and I put in a sticky note once a week, twice, whenever, into the thing and then I take them out at the end of the week or the end of the month because what happens to me anyway is I'm really good at filling the jar with the crap. So, I don't understand. What are you putting in the jar? A sticky note that says something you're grateful for? I'm really grateful for meeting you. Ah. Or, I'm really grateful that my cat didn't throw up last night. Yeah. Sometimes it's really about the cat. Disturbing your sleep. Yes. Yes, I actually meant to put that in there, and I forgot, so thank you. So, gratitude. Gratitude. Gratitude slips by us. Mm -hmm. I think you have to... And yet, it is the WD-40 of the spiritual life. Yeah. Gratitude makes everything else work better. Everything else lubricated, smooth, moving along. Yes. Okay. And uh, lastly, to... Uh, Think of ourselves as we attempt to live as purposefully as we wish to, as kind of like an instrument, like a musical instrument, like a guitar or a mandolin or a, what do you play? String bass. String bass, right? This, it has to be just the right amount of tight and the right amount of loose to be the right note, right? To be the best note. And we're that way too. To, with our disciplines and our practices and uh, our approaches to life, we can be too tight or too loose. Or we can be too tight in one area of life and too loose in another area of life. And, and the masterful person is looking to stay tuned up so you can sing a decent song, so you can play a decent song. So I like to say it's, it's learning to relax and get going at the same time. That, that living purposefully means we got to relax and accept this exact now, this exact day, this exact life situation, accept it, and we need to look and say, where do I need to get going? You know, what's calling for action? What's calling for more tone? What's calling for a little more oomph, right? So relax, 
and get going. Usually if we're stressed out, it's because we're doing it in the opposite places. We're trying to control things that we can't and we're being too relaxed about things we need to, to stand up and, and step up too. So that's getting it in the right order will help us feel like we are um, in tune and we can play our song, our good song.